Uh, turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 103. Uh, Psalms chapter 103. And again, as you turn, uh, just as an introduction, uh, let me tell you a little bit, kind of a story about how this message came about. Um, I'm usually here to hear every single sermon on every single Sunday. Uh, this past Sunday, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't there. And, uh, um, and just because as soon as Pastor John started, started preaching, there was a couple things I had to do upstairs uh, to get ready for the small group luncheon. And, and we were about to take uh, about 25 or so teens to go play paintball for our last day community. And so there was a couple things. So I never got to hear the message. I had no clue what he, was, uh, what he preached on. And that's, uh, that's very rare for me. But uh, when he asked me to preach uh, Tuesday, uh, I said, sure, not a problem. And Wednesday, we were, uh, me and some of the youth staff, we were just praying and just for the service that night. And during that, I felt the Lord just tell me, Drew, I, 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 want, you to, I want you to springboard and preach from the, uh, from the woman with the alabaster box. And I said, okay, God, cool, I can do that, no problem. Uh, and then fast forward, that was Wednesday, then fast forward to Thursday, and uh, Kim and I are at the house, and she's like, Drew, what are you, what are you preaching on? And I said, oh, I, I feel like God, I, said, I haven't done a whole lot of detailed research in it yet, but I, I felt like God really spoke to me Wednesday about preaching on the alabaster box, and by the woman with the alabaster box. And, and uh, she goes, well, she goes, well, you, you, you know that's what Pastor John spoke on Sunday, don't you, right? And, and the only way I know how to describe it when she said that to me is, has you ever seen the, the whole Looney Tunes cartoons where something happens and then one of the characters, the jaw drops all, to, all the way to the floor, right? That was kind of my moment. I was like, oh, great, all right, woo! So, uh, so, so, so not only uh, do I have the, uh, the, the un, unenviable position of preaching after Pastor John on a Sunday, but I'm dovetailing on what he's preaching on. And, uh, and then past that, uh, he originally wasn't going to be here on Sunday. Now he's here, so I've got to preach it in front of him. And what makes it even worse is that my iPad that I normally use is, is actually left at my mother-in-law's house a couple of weeks ago by accident. And so I'm using Kim's, and so I'm literally preaching from the pink lemonade iPad uh, for the world to see. So... Um, so I, I guess you could say I'm just a glutton for punishment, uh, and, uh, and, and, and hopefully after this you'll still like me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we'll just see how it goes. But um, we'll go and get started. But I do believe that, uh, that, that God orchestrated that and, and that he's got a word today. And, and I'm encouraged by it as I was just writing it out and everything else over the weekend. Uh, I was encouraged by it, and, and I, I just trust that you will be too. So first of all, this, this is, uh, I'm going to go over a scripture, and then we'll kind of springboard into what was discussed last week. And if you're there at uh, Psalms 103, uh, we're going to start with verse 2. Reading on the NIV, this is what it says. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget the benefits. But then it goes on to explain in verses 3 through 5 what those benefits are. It says, This is your God who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion and who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Those are benefits. Don't forget the benefits. See, last week when Pastor John, when he preached, talked about the woman with the alabaster box and how she came and, and she just worshipped at the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, the perfume that she had, which, which caused over a year's salary for a Roman soldier, she just lavishly poured that on him. And that's, and that's such a beautiful example of what worship needs to be. But can I tell you this? 
She didn't wake up that morning and all of a sudden say to herself, you know, I think I'm going to go meet the Christ and I think I'm going to worship him. She didn't just randomly come to that conclusion. See, the reason why she was able to worship lavishly was because under the surface of that worship, Jesus Christ had done something for her that brought about gratitude. And and in fact, that's why I believe that when she came and some of the Pharisees and people sitting around the table complained, Jesus Christ said, her sins are forgiven. And they were many sins, but they're forgiven. See, this woman was able to worship. She was able to have the public display of worship because privately there was gratitude in her heart because Jesus Christ did something for her that she could not do for herself. So today, I'm gonna springboard off that. We're gonna talk about gratitude because as much as I want for us to worship, the truth is, is that if we're gonna truly worship underneath that worship, because none of us wake up in the morning and say to ourselves, you know what, I'm gonna be a really good worshiper today, that's my goal. We're not that good. And even if we do wake up and say that, oftentimes it's mixed with ourself, our intentions and everything else, and then it just kind of falls flat. But what I've learned is that when we live in awareness, as the Psalms 103 scripture tells us, of God's benefits, what he has done for us, gratitude occurs. And once you have gratitude, you're free to worship. Now, let me just make this disclaimer. Just because you're thankful and just because you have gratitude does not make you a worshiper. I know plenty of people, and you do too, that have no problems saying, I'm thankful for the things God has done for us. But once it comes time to worship privately and corporately, they're dead as a doornail. So just because you're thankful does not make you a worshiper. But having said that, you cannot be a worshiper without some sort of sense of gratitude for the things God has done in your life that you could not do for yourself. The benefits of God. That's why I believe Psalms 103 says this. It said, praise God, but don't forget the benefits. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the benefits listed in this passage. And they are great. And if you are, if you've, if you're one of those people that you've been in church for, you know, since nine months before the day you were born, right? One of those people, I really want this message to be something that challenges you in this season of Thanksgiving to think about the things that God has done for you. Also too, if you're new with us, or if you're new checking out the church, maybe checking out God, everything else, I want to give you the opportunity to, as the Bible also says in Psalms, to taste and see that the Lord He's good. And I want to peel back the curtain so that you can see just how good our God is. Jesus Christ, when we, again, when we talked about worship, he said in John chapter 4, he said, you know, those who, the true worshipers, they're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I found that statement or that what he said to be incredibly true to my life because yes, there are times when I enter into a worship service, even like today, where my spirit connects with God. I sense his approval and that leads me to truth. But if you've walked with Christ for more than one week, you've also had those times too where you try to worship and maybe because of the week and everything that's going on around, you don't, 
you're, you're struggling to connect with God, but then you've actually got to start with truth where you rehearse the things that you know to be true about God and what he has done for you, and out of that births gratitude, which then allows you to connect with God in the spirit. So again, Pastor John, and I encourage you, if you did not hear the message last week, it was, it was incredible. Obviously, after Kim told me that Pastor John spoke on that, yeah, I got around to listen to the sermon, <laughs> and I would encourage you to as well. But underneath today, if we walk away rehearsing the benefits of God and what he's done for us, we've done well. Can I pray for us, and then we'll get started? Father God, um, here's my biggest fear today. My biggest fear is that um, all these points would just kind of scatter as opposed to just being unified under you. And I ask today, God, that you would speak through me. Father God, I pray, Lord, that people would leave here, not talking about me and how I spoke or what I said, but people would, would leave this place talking about you, that they would have the benefits of what you've done for us rehearsed, and that they know and that they're reminded of the things that you brought us from. And for the person, God, here who may be checking out, God, I just ask that you would reveal to them just how good you are. Use me today, God. Speak through me, God. So the only way that we'll walk out of here with anything is if you do it. Thank you for that, God, in your name. Amen. All right, here's the first thing. When we go back to our verse in Psalms 103, it says this. It says, it says uh, that Jesus Christ, one of the benefits is that he's a God who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Here's the thing I love about the scripture and about the Bible and everything else is that even as it's written, it's written with the most important things first. It says in Psalms 103, it says, praise God and don't forget the benefits. And the very next letter that's written talks about the most important benefit we could have as believers and the fact that as we believe on Jesus Christ, he is a substitute for our sins and our sins are gone, wiped away. Not only does God forgive them, but he forgets them. He goes, what are you talking about? What sin? You believed on my son, Jesus Christ. That is the single biggest benefit that we have as a Christ follower, is that not only our sins are forgiven, but because of that, we have access to God. We can talk to him. We can communicate with him. We have the privilege of being able to hear his voice and is leading in our lives. We can feel his presence. There's nothing better than to sit either privately or corporately like we did today during worship, and I can just sense God's nearness. We have access to God so that way he can comfort us when we're down. He sings over us when we celebrate life. He dances with us during our greatest victories. And he wakes us up and allows us to go to sleep sensing his nearness. He sticks with us through our frustrating times. And he believes in us when we're at our most unbelievable. The primary benefit of God is that we get him. We get that relationship with him. And here's the great part about it as well, because based on our faith on Jesus Christ, there's nothing that we, ha that we, ha that we can do that can earn our way to that relationship. 
You don't have to go talk to a pastor. You don't have to go talk to me. You don't have to talk to a priest. You don't have to face east and chant three times. You don't have to do religious works or religious ceremonies. According to Hebrews 4.16, because of the work Jesus Christ did in our life, we can now come boldly to the throne and we can have a one-on-one conversation with our creator. That is the number one benefit of what it is to follow God. That's incredible. That right there, we could stop, we could stop right there and, and literally mention no more benefits and we could spend the rest of our lives singing God's praises because of that. It's unearned, it's undeserved, we can't earn it, but all we have to do is sit there and say, Jesus Christ, you are the substitute for my sin. And it's literally God saying, hey, let's have a relationship now, me and you right now. It's incredible. Oh my gosh, when I think about that, and when I reflect on that, even just that one benefit, I can't help but have gratitude because the times of my life where I haven't lived up to the bargain. Oh yes, there's been times as a Christ follower, I said, God, I'm gonna do incredible things for you. I'm gonna keep this commitment and then I don't do it. And then I have to go back to, wait a minute, no, 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 it's Christ. It's a relationship that's unearned. But on top of that, not only does this first mention that our sins are forgiven, we have access to God. It says that all our diseases are healed as well. Another benefit that can lead to gratitude is the fact that as with our access to God, all our diseases are healed. Isaiah 53, 5 says this. It's talking about Jesus Christ. But he says, but he was pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we're healed. We're given access to the power of God for healing all of our diseases in our body. But some may say, but Drew, I hear what you're saying, but I know somebody or even myself who's struggled with a sickness in their life, whether it be cancer or, or some crippling disease or whatever. I, I, I thought that now we had access to that power. As I read over this verse and I began to pray for it, and I said, God, tell me that balance. Teach me that balance. This is the one thing I, I really felt like God just opened my eyes up to the scripture. Because if you read the scripture, it says he heals our diseases. He just doesn't, he doesn't necessarily tell us the timing. And I felt like God told us, Drew, this verse doesn't say the when. It settles the if I will heal all, I will heal all your diseases. The if is settled. According to this scripture, the if is settled. But the when, it's up to God. Because worst case scenario, worst case, even if whatever disease or sickness that we're struggling with, if we, if we have to carry it in our bodies all the way up till death, we still have the promise in 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 3 that we will be given a new body. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 3 says, the Apostle Paul says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven and an eternal body made for us by God himself. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing, for we will put on heavenly bodies. The if has been settled. All disease will be gone. 
Now it's just a matter of the when. Now, does that, does that mean in my life that, Drew, are you saying that you don't believe in healings today? Oh, yes, absolutely I do. It was a little over a year ago that for about a three-month period, I watched my son, Davis, trying to eat cereal in the morning. And because of low blood sugar, would literally sit there. And by the time he got his Cheerios on his spoon and tried to get it to his mouth, his hand would shake so much so much that all the Cheerios would fall off and then he'd get frustrated because he couldn't eat it. We were actually bringing him to the doctor and we were, we were in some of the pre-stages to test him for childhood diabetes. We were having to prick his finger a couple of times a day and test it and record all the results and everything else. And I was concerned. I didn't want my boy to go through that. And then there came a day where one Sunday morning, Pastor John said, you know what, I feel like called the elders of the church up, and I really feel like there's going to be a day where, where I, today's the day of healing for some. And Kim comes to get me, kiss me, and she says, Drew, we got to get Davis. We bring Davis up, pray for him. And from the very moment since then, he, he has not had one day where he struggled with low blood sugar. We brought him back to the doctor. We brought him back to the doctor, and they said, this is, this is, this is amazing. This isn't supposed to happen. We're able to go, it's kind of one of the benefits of God. But at the same time, can I just tell you this? Let's reverse it. Let's play the what if game. What if God didn't heal him? And still to this day, a year later, he still was struggling with that. I've still got the promise that he will be healed either when Jesus comes back or Davis dies. The if has been settled for you. Now we're working out the when. And you know what? When we talk about disease, it doesn't necessarily have to be all physical. Can I just tell you, one of the benefits of me working out, of, of me uh, walking with God, is that he's walked me through areas and places where he's dealt with me the disease of insecurity, of anxiety, depression. Walked through that. Dealt with that. It's funny, Lauren Thomas, actually, this morning, as I was... Uh, making some copies. She walked up and she goes, Pastor John's going to be here. You anxious? You nervous? Mm-mm, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. I said, but Lauren, you didn't know me about 15, 16, 17 years ago when I used to struggle with high anxiety, security. And God just walked, walked me through that to the point I don't deal with that today. I'm dealing with the disease. Even now, God's healed me and my wife because we both come from divorced families. And he's healed us of that to the point that eight years in, not a perfect marriage. We've got a strong marriage. I love my wife. She loves me. So when we talk about healing of diseases, it can be emotionally, it can be physically. But we've got a promise from our God that not only will he give us access to him, but another benefit is that he brings healing to our bodies and our lives. It's incredible. The next one. says this, it says another benefit going to verse three or four. Yeah, verse four, it says, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Another benefit that the psalmist who wrote this didn't want you to forget was that God redeems your life from the, uh, from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. And what's crazy, as I begin to read, read this, there's actually a sequence of benefits in the, in, in the whole thing. There's the benefit of the pit. There's the benefit of redemption. 
And then there is the benefit of love and compassion. And first, the benefits of the pits of life. And yes, this says who redeems you from the pit, which means there are going to be times, whether it's man-made or God-allowed, that we walk through pits. We walk through times that are tough, that don't make sense, that we don't understand. And believe it or not, if we'll allow it to, if we'll gain a heavenly perspective on it, there are benefits to that as well. Consider James 1, 2 through 4, where it says this. It says, consider it pure joy. Consider it a benefit. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials, substitute pits of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Some of the hardest times in my life that have come up, some of the pits of life that God allowed me to walk through or I created created them myself through dumb choices. God used it all. He used it all to my benefit. Even when I make dumb choices, he said, you know what? You'll learn from this. And I'll, I'll even use this all for good. Or when they're God allowed, it's a benefit. Because he's testing my faith. He's teaching me that this world ain't my home. And that the love of this world can't do anything for me. Because every time I walk through a pit of life and he strips the love of this world away from me, I walk that much closer with my Savior because I realize that he is my source, not the things in my life. Benefit. Oh, but it goes on even better. It says after that, it says, he redeems us from the pits. Another benefit, all in one service, as he redeems us. It says in Psalms uh, 34, 19, it says, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. I don't know who's in here. I don't know all of your stories. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what life has presented you. I do know that there are times where God will allow you to walk through pits of life so you can learn and grow. And he walks with you through them. But there also comes a time where he's going to look at your situation. He's going to say, enough. You are out of this. It is time for a new chapter in your life. Another benefit of our God is the fact that when we walk through things, he's always in control. And all it takes is one word from him to say enough. The page gets turned and you start a new chapter. We serve a God that redeems us. But even better, it says, Another benefit is that he crowns us with love and compassion. And when I first read this, I didn't understand it. I'm like, God, I'm going to be honest with you. This is my dialogue with God. I said, God, if you allow me to walk through something, if you allow me to walk through something, and then you redeem me out of it, to me, and this makes sense in my feeble mind, the thing you would crown me with would maybe be joy, thankfulness, gratitude. Why love and compassion? And then he showed me, and it was right there. It was like scales fell off of my eyes. Because when we walk through things and God redeems us from them, have you noticed how all of, us, all of a sudden then you have a love and compassion for people going through the same thing? Have you ever seen that? Have you noticed that? The things that I, God has allowed me to walk through and that God has redeemed me from, it's amazing 
how in the next couple of weeks, months, or years, that's the people in my life that God looks to me and says, Drew, I want you to minister to them now because they're going through the same thing and they need somebody to tell them that their God is going to make it through with them. The majority of my ministry, whether to teens, college, here, home, wherever, is the result of God allowing me to walk through pits, redeeming me from it, and then crowning me with a love and compassion to help someone else. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be times that God may ask you to walk through somebody with something that you've never dealt with. But the majority of the time, people are going to surround your life if you allow them to. That's stuff that you've walked through. I rarely, rarely minister to people who, have, uh, who are overcoming drug addictions. And it's because a lot of my life, I've never, there's never been a day in my life that I have, um, that I've taken drugs. Never have. God preserved me from that. Not better than anybody else, but I've just never walked through that. And so God rarely allows people to come in my life to walk with him because I can't understand. Have you ever tried to talk to someone or someone talk to you and you just can't relate? Again, I can encourage someone. I can, I can give scriptures. I can talk about, hey, you know, temple, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and don't defile it and everything else. But I can't look someone in the eye and say, yeah, I've been there. But the things in my life that I have been there, oh, God brings those people into my life and says, see what I walked you through? Here's your crown of love and compassion. Go be a light to them. Can I tell you one of the biggest 2013 memories that I've had of this year. We've got a couple of friends of ours, names Michael and Shannon, and we have known them for years. Um, really, they were um, probably when Kim and I were dating. Kim knew Michael, and and uh, and then he we introduced them to Shannon. They and they've just been friends of ours and everything else, and we love them. And they they have not been able to have a baby. They've tried. Uh, they've celebrated with us and, and another couple of friends while we've had their babies. I'm mean, sorry, we've had our babies. Um, Whew, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> wow, I'm good for one of those, uh, at least one of those per sermon. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the pink lemonade iPad, it's causing it. <laughs> um, while we've had our babies, they've come to our baby's birthday parties, even though they haven't had children, right? And there came a time, and this was back in the summer, I was the last time I preached on this stage. I didn't know they were going to come, and they showed up, and I preached on when God works behind closed doors, and they, they actually came down and really just prayed to the altar and meant a lot to them. I didn't know they were coming, but God worked, and they told us afterwards, they said, you know what, we've, we've been to everything. We've, we've done all the medications, all the tests and everything else, and next is, is in vitro, and uh, we're just, we just don't feel like God wants us to do that. We're just supposed to wait, and if that means that we don't have children, it means we don't have children. And see, Kim and I had a compassion for them because when we were waiting on Davis, that's a pit that we walked through as we lost two children. Only to have Davis come, but we knew what it was like in some way, in a small way, to long for a child and not be able to have it yet. And so because of that, we walked through them. We were crowned with love and compassion and we walked through them and loved them and prayed with them. But oh, when we were at beach camp, in the middle of one of the services, and my phone just blows up. And it was, and it was from one of our other couple friends who calls me. He says, Drew, 
get Kim. Michael and Shannon are pregnant. And I go and I get my wife. They just found out. It's a miracle. I, I, I grab Kim and we call up Michael. And I remember saying, tell me some good news, buddy. And he goes, we're pregnant. And then right there in the middle of the parking lot, while beach camp's going on, we celebrated with them because we walked through them. We, we, we walked through that situation in our life to celebrate with them. is one of my highlights of my life. Highlights of the year. Because God allowed us to walk with them through that. And earlier this month, we, we were able to hold a baby shower for them because God did that in their lives. And, and we just, just to see them glow and, you know, little baby Eli's on the way. He's going to be born in February. I'm, I'm hoping it's on Kim's birthday. That way I can remember it every year. <laughs> but the truth is, we were able to walk with that with Michael and Shannon because, again, some of the stuff that Kim and I walked through. What are the things in your life that are going on right now that in a couple of months or a couple of years from now, after God redeems you, and he will, you're going to be asked to minister? It's a benefit of our God is that he allows us to go through things to sharpen our eyes, to sharpen our spiritual eyes and to soften our hearts toward others. If you allow them to, it's a benefit. The last one it says that God satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love this. And again, if you set up this whole passage, it talks about, it says, don't forget the benefits. The first benefit and the number one priority is that you have a relationship with God. The second benefit and the second priority it's outside of that relationship with God. He'll walk you through seasons of your life so that, so that you can be a blessing and a ministry to others. But once you get those two things in priority, absolutely, God will sprinkle your life and he sprinkled my life with good things. The key is he gets to choose the timing and he gets to choose what the things are. Because see, I'm spending my time Focus on the first two benefits. God, my relationship with you. God, show me how I can bless others. And then he comes in and says, you know what your priorities are? Absolutely. God is it's not some cosmic gumball machine where you put the spiritual quarter in and get stuff. But having said that, as our priorities are right, he will bless us with things. And the things, the things that he blesses us with give us strength to run like eagles. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than we, could, than we could ask or imagine according to his power at work in us. Immeasurably more than we could ever think of. God sprinkles those things in our lives. That way we can say, God, I couldn't provide this on my own. I didn't even think about this, but thank you. You didn't have to do this. I think about two things in my life right now that I, when I think about it, I just go, God, I didn't ask for these things, but you did them and thank you. I didn't ask. And I settled it in my, I settled it in my heart. I didn't ask for God to build me, me and my wife a home. Didn't ask it. It's perfectly fine. As God is my witness and I'm able to say this up here with integrity to you. I was perfectly satisfied with renting. That's just where God had us in our, in our lives. 
But the builder we were renting up, renting from, no lie, called me up and says, y'all are really good, y'all are a really good couple. You're really good renters. Why don't you let me build you a house? And then he's actually given us the favor to walk step by step through this process to where come April, maybe May, depending on delays, my wife and I are walking in our home that God built for us. I didn't ask for it. I was perfectly fine without it. Be okay with written. But I'm able to look at my wife and say, look what God's done with us. It's a benefit. I fully believe that if I would have set out going to try to find the house, God would have said, nah. But because I'm following God, he just sprinkles our life. But it's not just material. So many times we think of the things in our lives that God sprinkles onto us as benefits. It's just material. It could be other things. Can I tell you one of the desires of my heart that God just surprised on me last night and said, here you go. And I didn't even see it coming. It was last night. One of the desires of my heart has been that my kids would develop a relationship with God at a young age and that they would be hungry for the things of, the God, uh, things of God. Not just because of my position and not just because of who I am as a Christian. Yes, I want to provide, with them, provide them an example. I pray for my kids. I talk to my kids about the Lord, everything else. But at the same time, the desire of, of me is I, I just didn't want them to grow up later in life and say, the only reason why I did it was because of you. I want them to grow up and say, Daddy, at a young age, God spoke to me and I, and I know his voice and I'm following him because I make the choice too. That's just, that's just been a desire of my heart. No lie, I'm at... Shogun is me and the kids, me and Madison and Davis last night. said, where do you want to go to eat? I want to go get sushi. I'm glad you like it because I don't. Let's go, right? So we go, we go, and while we're eating, we were playing a game where take the chopsticks and see what letters you can make from chopsticks, right? Look, it's a V. Look, if I take another thing, it's an A, right? And, and you know, I'm trying to make sure they don't sling rice everywhere, and, you know, they're just shoveling sushi and all that stuff, and they're having, we're having a great time. All of a sudden, I, this really isn't even a letter, but Madison all of a sudden goes, well, Daddy, um, I'm going to make a cross. Cool. So she takes her chopsticks and then takes a fork and look, it's a, it's a cross. Awesome, right? You know, and then all of a sudden, I didn't even prompt it. All of a sudden she goes, Daddy, Jesus died on the cross. I said, yeah, he did, baby. He sure did. Well, why did Jesus die on the cross, Daddy? Well, because he loves us and he wants to live in our heart. Okay. And then she, and she goes, Daddy, I want Jesus to live in my heart. She goes, how can I do that? Well, no, I'm sorry, I asked, I asked before then. I said, well, Maddie, does, does you, do you think that Jesus lives in your heart? She goes, I don't think so. She goes, how can I do that? And I said, well, Maddie, all you got to do is ask him. And I'm thinking, okay, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to prompt her and everything else. No lie, in the middle of Shogun last night, as soon as I said that, she goes, okay, dear God, would you just come and live in my heart? She goes, I want, to, I want to love you just as much as you love me. Amen. And I'm sitting there like with the fork, with the fried rice, I mean like just looking at this and, and all of a sudden I just had to put it down because tears are streaming and, and, and just streaming from my face because my little six-year-old girl is sensitive to the things of God and this God moment's happening and one of the desires of my heart's happening and all I could do is just say, God, you orchestrated tonight. I didn't, I didn't plan on it. I couldn't make it happen even if I wanted to. But no lie, salvation over sushi. 
happened last night. And God sprinkles our lives with those things. My little girl, and of course she, she said, well, Daddy, I, I, pretty soon I think I want to be baptized too, right? That's her words. And, and of course I'm sitting there going, okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me push my luck with God. Who do you want to baptize you, baby, right? And she goes, let's pretend like mommy's sitting next to you. Kim wasn't with us. And she goes, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by his toe. Here we are, let it go. It's mommy. I said, okay, let me call and tell mommy. But Clint's teeth. She wants you to baptize, you, baptize her. Yay. <laughs> it's all right, I got Davis. Of course, we're, we're still working on Davis. Bless her. Last night, all, all Maddie wanted, side note, all Maddie wanted to talk last night is about Jesus and, and uh, how he lives in her heart now. And I'm like, yes. And Davis goes, I'm not sure I want Jesus to live in my heart just yet. He's, he, he's got a poopy diaper. And I'm like, we're not saying that, kid. We're not saying that about Jesus. And he goes, I know, but I'm just, I'm figuring out and all that stuff. I'm like, well, we're still praying. But of course, Maddie's up there. Daddy, I'm praying for Davis. I said, good, baby, you need to, right? You know, but we're working on that. But those are just two examples. And, and again, I, I hesitate to, to even share them at times because I don't want to come across like, look at all this stuff I got or boasting or whatever. But can I tell you, the reason why I'm up here to boast about him is because I didn't provide those two things by myself and with my own power. I have no problem getting up here in front of you and boasting about what my God has done. He has. It's benefits. If you'll allow him to choose the time and the what it is, he'll sprinkle your life with times and some things. And all you can do is just go, God, thank you. Undeserved, but thank you. If I get the band just, or the whoever, come up and play. Um, in closing, again, I believe the psalmist said, praise the Lord, but don't forget his benefits. And in three verses, nails us on the benefits. I believe that woman with the alabaster box, she was able to go and have a heartfelt moment of worship because underneath the surface of that, there was a sense of gratitude because Jesus Christ did something for her that she could not do for herself. There was a benefit. When I thought about how we should close tonight or whatever, uh, close the day, excuse me, I'm used to Wednesday nights and I always say, I always say tonight, today. When I, thought about, when, when I thought about how we should close today, again, it's a season of thanksgiving, of gratitude and of gratefulness. The thing I just felt impressed was, I felt like God just press upon my heart just to give you an opportunity to be reminded of the things, of the benefits that you should be grateful for. And from that, allow worship to flow. So as we play, what I'm going to ask Leanne and the band or whoever to do is they're just going to play softly. And I'm going to give you just a couple of minutes to really just reflect on the benefits. What has God done for you? How has your life changed since a relationship with him? He removed your sins and a relationship with him happened. How has he healed you? What pit has he allowed you to walk through that's matured you? But then what pit of life has he redeemed you from? 
How has him softening your heart through the events of life allowed you to minister to others, be a benefit? Jesus with skin on to others. And then what things in your life do you, did he give you that you didn't ask for? They're undeserved, but he just sprinkled on you because he's good. I'm going to give you a couple moments just to reflect on that. Think about those things. Rehearse them. If you have a pad and pen, write them down. Write it. God, this is what you've done for me, and I will not forget the things you've done. Let me give you a couple moments to do that. And then afterwards, they're going to lead us in a, and Leanne will give us the cue, but we're just going to stand and worship. But we're going to lay the foundation in the next couple of moments of gratitude. And out of that, we'll burst forth praise and worship. So Father God, I've done everything I believe you've told me to say today. And so I ask right now, God, that you would do what I can't do and that your Holy Spirit would go into each, every, to each person, individual that's here and remind them of the things you've done for us. Don't let us forget, God. Don't let us become so jaded to your blessings that we take them for granted. You've been good to us. And I want to be careful before we leave today to give you the honor that you're due. Take a couple of moments, reflect. Love. 
so much Drew for the word of the Lord for this house praise the Lord and forget not all his benefits he forgiveth all our iniquities he healeth all our diseases he redeems our life from the pit he restores us he satisfies our mouth with good things you can taste the things God gives you you can feel them you digest them and they renew your youth. God doesn't make us childlike or childish with his blessings. He makes us childlike. That's part of his restorative work. When you recognize and appropriate and digest and are grateful, something changes on the inside. Your youth is renewed. God, we bless you this morning. We remember. I thank you for giving Drew that word. Call to remembrance how good I've been to you. How you redeemed us. Lord, I thought of the individuals in this house and the pits that we fell into. Some of us climbed into them and couldn't get out. It's too steep, too deep. But you rescued us, didn't you, God? You pulled us out with your strong right hand. You've crowned us. You've equipped us to identify 
to help and to encourage and yank people out of the thing they can't get out of by your grace. I just want to thank you, Lord. On behalf of those people that don't have a microphone in their hand, I want to thank you for the good things you've given us. Praise the Lord for the good things you've given us. Thank you, Lord. That's all I know to do is tell you thank you, Lord. Church family, before you go home, might I encourage you to do one thing? See, I didn't get a chance to preach, so I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing. This week, an ungodly nation will declare gratitude. They'll thank the Lord for their cars, their houses, their family, their dogs, their clothes. And it's always good to be thankful. But there's a difference between being thankful and being thankful unto God. Unto God. And I want us to even tweak our lives and say, Lord, instead of just... I'm grateful. No, I'm grateful to God. Let people hear you. I'm thankful to you, O oh Lord, for giving me these things. I'm thankful to you, O oh Lord, for my family. I'm thankful to you, O oh God, for my health. I'm thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that we have in this country. I'm thankful to you, O oh Lord. Give thanks unto him and bless his name. Because God's been good to you. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. God bless you today.